You're listening to TV Tangents, a retro TV podcast. Okay, uh, welcome to our first episode, not in our professional studio. Um, we are winging it hardcore. We're winging it hardcore. We're doing this on our phones, which is really weird and bizarre. So our, we most people know that we're yeah we're delayed from months or previous times of recording. So we are currently doing our very first recording via Zoom because we are quarantining. And oh yeah, this is a first for us. But we're so far it's working. And Rebecca and I can see each other. So yeah, I should say that I'm Natalie. <laughs> oh hi, I'm Rebecca. Um, <laughs> I'm not suffering too much in quarantine. Could be worse. I've been walking actually outside, which has been nice when it's been nice out. Um, and yeah. And you know, what's awesome is like, you know, when you're walking, you could like listen to stuff on your phone. And I don't know, there's like some cool <laughs> stuff out there, like podcasts and stuff. And I, there's this one I oh, listen yeah. to all the time. It's called TV no Tangents and it's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> that one is so good. I love that one. Makes me laugh. Me too. Um, So today, what are we talking about? We are talking about a show called, okay, this show is called My Living Doll. Oh, wait, let me see if I can play you the theme song. Oh, please do. Okay, so this opening is creepy. Bizarre and creepy. And I could, like, <laughs> our listeners can't see, obviously. And you and I are on, looking at each other on screens. But she, like, when she walks in, so Julie Newmar walks in on the main, like, title there with the song that you just played. And she's all just like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just did my robot <laughs> in French. And I know. I was like, oh my gosh, what? And- there's like a robot drawing over her and then her face gets all weird and then yeah. she shows up wearing a nightgown and she looks at the doctor. It's yeah. very um, budget. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. The very first one I saw, I, I had never, so I had never seen this show. I, you know, we talked about it because we, uh, we love Julie Newmar, um, mm-hmm. but I had never seen the show or I kind of knew the premise of the show, I guess, but I never had seen any part of it, like any part of it whatsoever. <laughs> and um, very interesting. And I just love how, you know, Julie Newmar plays a robot, but my favorite mm-hmm. part is she's, you know, a gorgeous woman. And so they always play like sexy music <laughs> and she's like walking around like, a <laughs> as you do in a 1960s sitcom. Exactly. So My Living Doll was a sitcom on CBS from September 27th, 1964 to March 17th, 1965. Very short. And yeah, it was very short lived. And I mean, it feels a lot like the monkeys style mm. of show, like the monkey style of humor. True. And there's an audience. Um, it was filmed at Desilu Studios by Jack Churchhawk Television. And this show never had a pilot episode. It was picked up by CBS um, automatically because the network president was impressed with the popularity of Jack Churchhawk's other series, My Favorite Martian. 
Mm. And so we wanted to cash in on the whole sci-fi craze. Yeah. So that he was sense. like, give me a show that's sci-fi and quirky. So he gave him this. But with a sexy girl and, robot. Right. So we need a sexy girl instead of an old man. Yeah. Um, and you were confused. I apologize that I didn't. I never um, explained this to you before you watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only 11 vi- uh, episodes available. Yeah, I was so confused so, when we started this. Uh, you know, we were talked about how we were going to watch it. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, great. And I saw that it was available on Amazon Prime. I'm like, perfect. So I, and I, had go- I had looked it up on my phone and Googled it and it said 26 episodes or whatever. And I was like, okay, that'll be easy to watch, right? Because I've been watching a whole series of shows with, you know, 275 episodes. So 26 mm-hmm. will be easy. So I started mm-hmm. watching it and uh, got into the shows a little bit and kind of went back and forth. So, um, and we were just talking about this. So just recently I was trying to find more episodes <laughs> and Amazon Prime's like, you want to rewatch the ones you watched? And I'm like... <laughs> I don't. I want, I'd like to watch the rest, please. And there isn't any. And then I, I think you can buy them, but I don't know if that's true either. Like, you know, it, sa- it said that it was available kind of, I think, on because mm-hmm. like you could list all the episodes. But then I wonder if it was just the first 10 or that I said 10, 11, like you said, that were available. So, crazy. These are, these are the surviving 11 episodes. Oh, okay. There are a couple more pieced together on uh, YouTube that you can see. Okay. But all of the episodes that are available are sourced from private collectors, people who had copies of the original films, um, because the originals were actually destroyed in the 1994 Northridge earthquake. What? Oh, wow. Earthquake, it damaged studios. There were movies that were filming that had to stop production and all of that. And okay. these were destroyed. So, wow. um, years ago, like 10 years ago or something, um, Jack Chertok Studios were um, looking for people who had the copies so they could piece them together. And that's why the quality of them on Amazon isn't very good. And there's a couple, there's another one that I saw on YouTube. Um, it's not the full episode, but it's most of it. Pieces, yeah. I was so just Sorry, I, was, I didn't tell you that. No, I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? It's not letting you do this. So, which, <laughs> I, I mean, that happens to us anyway, trying to find some shows for sure. We yeah. can't find a lot of shows, so. Makes We're sense. lucky to, you know, find shows that we do. And actually, the way I stumbled across this show is I was going to watch Dallas. Mm-hmm. and it's on Amazon, yeah. <laughs> and I saw Julie Newmar's face up there, and you know how I love, like, quirky, kitschy shows, mm-hmm. so I was like, I have to watch this show, and I, I um, got to, like, episode 11, and then it just stopped, and I was like, wait a minute, what about the rest of the show? Yeah. And these That's aren't even her. the first 11 episodes. It's like, there's a lot missing in between these episodes. Let me just say that you and I are very positive about the shows that we watch. Like, yeah. I think, I think we, you know, we don't like to criticize shows. This show, <laughs> the brightest spot is Julie Newmar. By far. Like, really. By far. Yeah. And it's still I mean, a little that, that's what, <laughs> uh, 
that's what I enjoyed about the show was Julie Newmar and everything else. Yeah. I was like, all righty. <laughs> right. I was like, oh my goodness. There, there's not a lot, you know, we've talked about this and I know we, we both watch shows. Um, kind of, we, we piece it into our days when we can, uh, both of us do. And, um, you know, more so now, I guess we are in, most people are stuck at home. So we're, you know, able to watch some stuff, but, uh, I don't, when I'm watching like a lot of the shows, even for us to talk about, or when I'm watching shows that I enjoy, I mean, I just get sucked right in. It could be the 870 times I've watched an episode of Friends. And I, if it's on in the background, I still get sucked in. I like sit down and I'm like, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. <laughs> but I was watching this a few times and I would just start looking at my phone and being like, because I was like, okay. And I, I mean, there are fun, there's funny parts. I mean, there's funny parts. I was, I actually jotted it down because how, you know, she's a robot. So she doesn't understand slang and doesn't understand certain things. So there's parts where somebody said she was like, oh, or you're a goof off. And she's like, goof off does not compute. And she's like all crazy. <laughs> and the same with the word suspicious. She's like, suspicious does not compute. And I was like, oh my God, that's funny to me. But like, and just like she had buttons on her back where they could like, do you, you know, that she'd turn her off and she would just like collapse. Yeah, there were actually, yeah, people that were moles. And I'm like, this is so funny. And the one, uh, the neighbor guy, you know, didn't know. He's like the woman of her, she's the woman of his dreams mm-hmm. and doesn't know she's a robot, of course, because it's like this whole secret thing. But I was like, this is an interesting, and the, the sister, and I just was like, oh my God, this is so bizarre to me. But it, I mean, it had its moments where I was like, oh God, this is kind of funny, even though it's super kitschy and super crazy. But I was like, well, it's all right. (laughs) I, you know what? I had a different experience watching it because I watched it with my husband Mm. who hates sitcoms. And we sat down one day, like it was like a year ago. We sat down on like a Saturday afternoon and watched the whole thing in one afternoon, all 11 episodes. Because it was like, <laughs> we were just so amazed at the stuff they came up with on this show. And it was almost like a train wreck that we couldn't stop looking at. And also, you can't stop looking at Julie Newmar. But Of course. So, I wrote my own synopsis for the show. I'm going to share it with you. Okay. A scientist dude makes a lady robot and can't tell anyone except his closest friend, who is a psychiatrist who works in the same building. Mm-hmm. The scientist has to go to Pakistan and doesn't want the robot to fall into the hands of the military, although he works for the Air Force. Yeah. So I don't know how that works. Um, Natalie, I want to know, do we have the kind of friendship where you would tell me if you built a man robot? Oh, 100%. You would tell me? I would tell you. Oh, okay. I Because I... I <laughs> Yeah, I think I would tell you. I don't know that I would tell a lot of people, but I think I would tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think I'd tell you. Oh, really? I feel like that. I mean, I'd tell you a lot of things, but I feel like that would put you in an awkward situation where you'd side-eye me all the time. And then you'd want to ask why I built it specifically. <laughs> and then you'd try to pretend everything's normal, but it would never really be the same. 
And he'd be like, I mean, really, what's he for? I'm like, you know, just to be like, do man things. He'd be like, just to hang out, life. right. See, I would for think, really. though, like, we would, I think I would have to know, because I would know you well enough to be like, what's happening here? Like, why is, <laughs> why are you acting bizarre? Why can't this person talk for themselves? Why is that, right. you know, like, it would be, so I'd have to tell people, you know, I would have to tell you, because you'd be super close and you'd be like, oh, because like, if this robot had to come with me for us to record podcasts, like, I'd be like, yeah, oh. you're right. This is my and, new boyfriend, like, I Rebecca, guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, Rebecca, why are you hanging out with a man who says nothing? Exactly. He's not your type of person. I and talks to me like this, like he doesn't know what I <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're right. Okay. So, oh, P.S., uh, the scientist who built Rhoda, mm-hmm. who is the robot, um, is Dr. Carl Miller, and he's played by Henry Beckman, mm-hmm. and you recognize him. He was in the Monkeys episode, The Monkey's Paw. Okay. I was like, how do I recognize him? Because I saw him so briefly. I was like, okay, who's this person? Yeah. Okay. He's like the guy who ended up with The Monkey's Paw because he was all green. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. So the network, like I said, really wanted a show like um, My Favorite Martian. And they also wanted to find a series for actor Bob Cummings, mm-hmm. who plays Dr. Bob McDonald on the show. Yeah. Um, you've, you've probably seen him in a bunch of stuff like What a Way to Go in 1964 and Dial M for Murder in 1954, which is the mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock movie. Have you seen that one? Every, everybody in like this the, show was familiar. Everybody. Yeah. There, yeah, there's like a lot of like studio actors that are in everything. Mm-hmm. And Bob Cummings always plays, like, the kind of a little bit sleazy friend of everybody in every movie. Mm, yeah, oh, That's I, how I saw him. Well, and I heard he was kind of like, um, that there were rumors he was uh, jealous of how much press that Julie Newmar got for the series. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he was like, and apparently trying to teach her how to act or tell her what to do. Um, and she, I guess she disputed that later when they interviewed her in like 2012, I think they were saying. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I read that he thought he was like the man and, um, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because, and then is it true? He asked to be like out of it and he wasn't in the final five episodes, which we didn't get to see anyway, but like he asked to be out and then they, he had to let the neighbor guy know what's that, what's that guy is who's in love with her. Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter. But Peter got to keep Rhoda. And yeah, then he got to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to be in it anymore um, because he had had his own show previously, the Bob Cummings show, and he was in movies. So he figured he's the star of the show. But really, this is a show about a robot. Right. Who's a gorgeous woman, by the way. Right. Not about you, you, dude. Not about you. (laughs) Right. Sorry, Julie Newmar is here. That's where my eyes are going. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Bob Cummings was married five times oh. and had seven children. And his son Tony Cummings played Rick Holloway on Another World in the 80s. Played who? Did you watch Another World? I did uh, watch Another World. Rick Holloway. Hmm. Oh, in the 80s? I, okay. I yeah, there. I only watched it in the 90s when I was Me in too. college. Me too. Uh, Bob Cummings was also a pilot. 
a skill he learned in the Air Force in World War II and mm-hmm. owned several airplanes, all of which he named spinach. <laughs> Interesting. A vegetable. Nice. Is spinach a vegetable? Yes. It's a grain. Okay. Is spinach okay. a vegetable? Did you just ask him? Well, I mean, I, like, but it's, it's a leaf. It's a leaf. It's, it's a leaf. Vegetable. It's leafy. It's very leafy. It's leafy green. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, starting around 1954, Bob Cummings was addicted to methamphetamines via injection. Oh, Part of the reason that uh, he and Julie Newmar didn't get along very well. Yeah, I um, thought it that was the thing to do. Yeah, it was like the thing to do in the Hollywood, in the Hollywood, in the Hollywood, in the Hollywood, in the fifties. So interesting uh, enough, I read part of that and I was like, um, I thought that like, I guess I thought meth like gained its popularity. Is that the right word to use for drugs? I don't know. Um, more recently, I guess I always thought there was, I'm assuming it's been around forever, not doing drugs myself. I don't, I don't have any idea, but I like, I thought that was more of like, uh, uh, what word am I looking for? Like, a uh, adapted drug, I guess is what I thought that was and thought it became more popular more recently, but I guess not. Well, methamphetamines that people do and like lose their teeth and stuff are like, street drugs oh is the new like like, drino there's like pharmaceutical methamphetamine oh okay okay and that's what he was doing so this dr feelgood in hollywood would shoot up celebrities um with different like vitamins and methamphetamines and stuff to give them more energy so that they could do stuff ah truth truth okay gotcha um, later, Bob Cummings suffered from Parkinson's disease mm. um, and moved into various indigent homes for actors in Hollywood. Aww. And then we have Rhoda, the robot, whose real name is AF709. And in the first episode, she comes in wearing a towel. Yeah, I love how they describe her too, by the way. For, well, she's a lifelike android, of course, which is what they say. Mm-hmm. In the form of a sexy Amazon Amazonian female. Right. What's up with that? Which I guess means tall, right? Right. She's 5'11". Right, she's 5'11". Apparently we're all Amazons. I get it. Whatever. <laughs> you're more than 5'10". You're an Amazon, I guess. Apparently. <clears throat> she's gorgeous. Um, I love Julie she's Newmar. so beautiful. How can I not love her? Seriously, and she's so funny. Like in this show, she mm-hmm. it's like she made her own little quirks. Like, yeah. did you see the one where she was in the beauty pageant? Yeah. And the doctor had to judge the beauty pageant. He was all mad because she was in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the way she was like acting like the beauty queen and whatever, but not exactly and and you see the one where she was like klepto when she was a kleptomaniac. Yeah, you see that she started yeah. stealing all this stuff, and it was almost like she started to de- develop uh, human emotion, though. So there was a big thing about that. They said, yes. you know, oh, can a robot develop human emotion? And they said they like revisit that, you know, at some point in like Star Trek and everything. But I was like, I could see that a few times because sometimes she'd be straight up, you know, do, does not compute, and she didn't know how to do things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes she's like, oh yeah, they called her. That was when they said something about her being goofy, and she said, oh, the goofiest, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so she's, <laughs> like, understanding that part of it. So, yeah. I don't know. She, she did she start acting like a, she started acting kind of like a child. 
-hmm. like in the one where um peter and the doctor get into a car wreck oh yeah when they're in court good times yeah yeah (laughs) and she was wanting to go for a ride and she had on like her her driving glasses and she's like i want to go for a ride and she is acting all funny and silly like a child oh that was so cute and then she's like literal in the courtroom because they're like yeah she's like come take the stand and she steps over the thing instead of going through the door and then she like sits on the step when they're like have a seat she just sits down like and it was weird she had a skirt on but it like you didn't see anything of course but like she like sat down like a little kid would like i'm gonna sit right here my legs are open. i mean it was so funny i'm like okay this is interesting and then what's, you know, he didn't want her to testify because, of course, she's like, oh, uh, the way she, and she knew, she's like, the judge's rulings from, like, the 50s or something, and she's, like, reciting them back to him, and he's like, uh, what? <laughs> she, she all went Natalie on them. <laughs> she did. She did. She was like, uh. She's like, I have evidence in my brain, and I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> she's like, that is not what you said on May 22nd of 1947. <sighs> Rhoda's name is AF709 and she was built by this scientist dude and her purpose is to be the perfect woman and her quote is one who does what she's told keeps her mouth shut Mm -hmm. that's her purpose doesn't talk about she also at one point says that she can live indefinitely on the moon (laughs) which is funny (laughs) the beauty pageant one um, the doctor's sister is asking her like what can you do? Like, what skills do you have? Because she's trying to put her into the beauty pageant. She's like, I can live indefinitely on the moon. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, what? She's like, okay. And I um, love that. Was it that one where she was like in the back and he had to come talk to her? And then, um, I don't even remember what happened. Did he turn her off on purpose or something? So then she like fans. Yeah. And then the sister, what's the sister's name? Irene, is that her name? Yeah, mm-hmm. Irene comes back and she's like, Oh, oh, what happened? He's like, oh, you know, just woman stuff or whatever. And he's like consoling her, but she's like, Pat, she's, she's off. Oh <laughs> like, God. okay, what's happening there? Dude, that, I'm sorry. The character of the doctor, I just can't with him. He's like a horn dog and he's totally <laughs> a chauvinist. And I know it's the 60s, but it's, oh my God, it's, it's a funny. little too much. I'm just it's like, shut funny. up, dude. you can't even um so of course um julie Numar is fabulously beautiful yes she's beautiful today at the age of 86 Mm -hmm. i was just watching an interview with her and she is so gorgeous she started out dancing uh movies and she was also a choreographer for universal studios at age 19 my goodness she was most famously catwoman on the Batman yes. series. But our favorite roles, of course, mm-hmm. what are our favorite two roles of Miss Julie Newmar? Uh, to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Where she plays amazing. herself. Yes. What's the other one? And um, April Conquest in the Monkeys episode, The Monkeys Get Out More Dirt. That's right. That's a good one. It's a good episode. The towel that Rhoda was wearing in the first episode was designed by Eloise Jensen. You think they just put a towel on her and had her walk around. No. This person took three weeks to make this towel. It cost $500, which is about $4,700 in today's money. Oh, Lord. Because 
it had to fit perfectly and be just the right weight with no zippers or closures. And it was held up with elastic and it was fastened with hooks and eyes so that it draped just right. It wasn't too revealing. And it always yeah. looked like it was going to fall down. It did, yeah. She's trying to be all sexy. But I like how the doctor was like, I made this woman robot and I'm just going to put a towel on her. I'm not going to make right. her any closer. And especially because she fainted then after, or, you know, turned off after that. And would yeah, so with mm-hmm. just the towel on, I was like, oh, what's happening here? <laughs> and d- doesn't the towel also have AF709 on the back or something? Like, is that, yeah, yeah that her name's on the back of it. Yeah, and because um, Bob tells her, she asks where the other doctor is dr miller and he's like oh he went out so she goes out of the building because she Mm. takes literally so dr mcdonald dr bob uh has to take her home to his apartment Mm -hmm. because the other doctor has been called to pakistan um (laughs) so dr bob hides her um so that he can make her more human-like so people won't question her Mm -hmm. so he buys her clothes and pervy underwear. <laughs> pervy. And he tries to show her what pantyhose are for. I like, why did he, why? Also, do you call them pantyhose or nylons? Nylons. I probably used okay. to call them pantyhose, though, which is weird. My grandma says pantyhose. Yeah, I think my mom probably does. And yeah, panty, pantyhose. <laughs> I haven't worn, I have not worn nylons. In a really long time. Probably since... Just watching him stretch those out made my legs itch. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, oh God, no. And the words, I mean, like, of all things in life, too. I just, I think about how, in general, they're probably not comfortable or whatever. But let's just say when you're 6'5", you sh- like, there is no real good way to wear nylons. There's just not, I'd have to wear them. They'd have to be like three sizes bigger than I actually needed. And then I would try to pull every inch of them up that I could. It was the worst thing ever. Thank God. Thank God. I've never had to wear nylons. Like for, for any job I've had, you know, jobs where I had to wear pants for the most part. And I, and just being dressed up, I I think I wore them for my sister's wedding, and I that was the last time. That was this the- is a wonderful tangent because this is a wonderful tangent. <laughs> women younger than us have probably never had to wear nylons. Like probably ever. would I wouldn't even know. Do they still sell them in stores? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh my but god. Like, you know, we used to be required to wear them. Like if if you were wearing a skirt at work, you had to also wear nylons. What is oh, that yeah. about? I bet you what? did. Yeah. That, oh, you're right. That is, to- that is totally bizarre. You know, and I had, I remember I had a friend who worked at a bank and she said they weren't even, yeah, they couldn't wear, well, they had to wear nylons. They couldn't have any open toed like shoes. So even mm-hmm. high heels or anything couldn't be open toe. And they always, if they had a skirt on, they had to have nylons on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I've never ever in life. I mean, I all, as an adult, my job has always been something that required you to wear pants for the most part. Like I have to, I had to wear pants, working security, obviously, like you can roll around on the floor. You can't be wearing a skirt and nylons. <laughs> and then, I mean, now I own a catering business, of course. So like, you, it's just, I, which thank God, maybe that was my, chose my life path because knowing I couldn't wear <laughs> nylons. God, nylons suck. 
so <laughs> they bad. Do. They do. And this stupid doctor was like, here's the pantyhose I got for you. <laughs> and also, and also here's some underwear with garter pins on the bottom of it. Because that's what I thought of when I went to the store. What do women wear? Right. You hear frilly yeah, stuff. You're right. That's not creepy at all. Like, what a creeper. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Please. I couldn't stand that scene. Um, so Dr. Bob's got his friend Peter, like you said, and he also works at the Air Force in this building with them. And Peter comes over all the time. I think he lives in the building. Hmm. I think he lives right across the hall from them. Yeah. Because he's in love with Rhoda. Yeah, he's so he should be. And because she repeats everything that he says, she just repeats it back to him. Um, So he thinks that she's also in love with him. Um, He's played by an actor named Jack Mulaney. These people have to be dumb. And I'm trying to think of where else I've seen Jack Mulaney, but um, him and him and Irene are in a lot of stuff with Rhoda and they're just clueless to her the, the way she talks apparently which you know we all know people that might be a little bit strange so i guess that's like i don't know that maybe that <laughs> you, can happen. And, you and i know a lot of people that are a little strange <laughs> we sure do we know a disproportionate yeah. number of people that are just, a little strange <laughs> that's very true um none of you guys of course that are listening no no, no 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 um <laughs> It's interesting for sure. I, I just am like, and, and there's times where I thought, okay, she's playing it off. So I could see where they wouldn't understand. But where's the episode? Like she, uh, man, he tells her to not let him out of the apartment till a certain time the next day. And she like mm. locks him in and then he's trying to like get out and he tries to get um, Peter to come over and let him out or something. I don't it was like this whole big thing. And I thought this is so, cause she's very, she's so literal of course, because yeah. she's a robot. So you're not allowed to let me, no matter what I say, don't let me out until whatever time. And he was supposed to meet with somebody or whatever that was important for like a business deal. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be hijinks. Of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many hijinks. <laughs> I was like, all right, this will be fun. And then, yeah, it's like, I think, uh, or I think he calls up Peter. And he's like, Oh, Rhoda, you should take Rhoda out. And he's like, okay, I'll show up. And he knocks mm-hmm. on the door, but then like she goes outside. So then he can't escape anyway. And I was like, okay, this is so <laughs> but funny. Still. Well, my favorite character, I mean, aside from Rhoda is Irene. I love Irene. I actually really liked Irene too. She was, and I, again, she seemed super familiar, but sometimes I wonder as I watch uh, sitcoms, if I, I feel like some supporting character all kind of play a similar role and then they seem yeah. familiar to me. Yeah. This, um, Irene was played by Doris Dowling and I didn't see anything in her film, filmography that stood out to me. Yeah. I looked her up cause she seemed so familiar to me mm-hmm. and then I didn't see anything either. And I was like, okay, maybe she's just relatable because she's like mm-hmm. the side character and I keep watching sitcoms of course so like maybe that's why and she's very um like independent she doesn't mm-hmm. take any crap from her brother yeah. and she's always calling him out for being a creeper always yeah. <laughs> and she and Rhoda become friends and yeah. I'm not really sure it must be something that like one episode that was missed or maybe they didn't care about continuating. Con- what do you call it? continuity? Um, 
but at one point she was living with them and because uh-huh. like one time he called her mrs so-and-so mm-hmm. and then another episode she's living with them and so right. she and rhoda are like friends and he comes into her room looking for the two of them and he calls them hey dependents like oh yeah, okay so, yeah and there's another Weird. one where yeah she was just there because rhoda was in the room turned off i think of course and uh she's like i'll just go check on her so see that's the reason why you can't keep secrets so see you couldn't just have a secret guy because like you would need another person to be able to check so you can live your life you would need another person to check to keep an eye on them granted you have a husband but like that you know if i had a secret robot you'd have to know so that like you could come check on the robot for me if i had to go do something like that well that yeah but that's what that's what dr bob's job is that's why he has to take care of dr miller's robot is because he has to go but he didn't tell him until it was like last minute well i mean yeah he didn't really have a choice when rhoda just wandered into his office i just think that you'd have to have somebody still there near you not in pakistan that can also help you babysit a robot who kind of does whatever they want if you and would be way smarter than you technically because like not i mean she's so literal but like she's gonna just like if somebody's like hey rhoda you want to go outside okay you know she's just gonna run off and (laughs) that'd be scary dude's a babysitter okay but he can't tell his sister because she would be like ew why do you have a woman robot she'd be like you're super creepy brother of mine she already knows he's creepy yeah that's he's true always trying to get every woman every woman mm-hmm. and it never works out because they always find out about rhoda she always comes in and spoils things and they're like but you know, he's i mean he's just creepy anyway he is creepy <laughs> uh, and who funny. knew that julie newmar was like an expert piano player you see her playing the piano yeah that's the other thing too and you know it's funny and and that's the other thing though he's also since he's so creepy and wasn't um he wasn't bob cummings way like significantly older was he like in his 50s when this show was made and she was like 30 yeah he was older let me see i'm a I'm going to look this up. And then I also, this time, have a calculator. Mm. Uh, he was born in 1910. So he would have yeah. been in his 50s. 60, right. And, 50s. Yep. And she was like 30 when this happened. Let's see. Julie. Maybe not even. Really what, you just said, you just said she was 86. So that means that she was like, yeah. Pretty. You didn't do math. Stop it. Let's I did this see. a long time ago to see what I liked. Well, I don't know why, but I always want to know what the age difference is between the people who are You're acting right. together. I do that a lot. She was 31. I just didn't believe you because she looks like she's 20. Yeah, she does show. look way younger. Well, yeah, she looks amazing. I almost, I almost said a curse word. Um, she looks amazing. <laughs> she looks just looks so good. And granted, this show's in black and white, so of course, yeah. when you're watching it, it's, you know, you can't tell as much, but I look um, pretty good in black and white too. I probably not that good. Can we change? I want to change our Zoom settings so that we're both in black and white. That'd be kind of nice. So that we both are good. 
the Random House Historical Dictionary of American Slang credits My Living Doll as the source of the phrase does not compute in popular science fiction culture. What? Yes, so, does not compute. I'm going to start saying that to people. When they, when they okay. tell me things that are dumb, I'm, I'm does not compute. Okay, <laughs> tell me how that goes. I'm going to. I'm going to do it tomorrow at work because I bet somebody is going to dumb to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is a cheesy show. The mm-hmm. set is super basic. Super her basic. room, her bedroom is super basic. Mm-hmm. But... It's still a very important show for, like, TV history. Yeah. Because a lot of shows at that time, like, a lot of early TV shows were low budget. And, you know, I mean, they could have, this show could have been in color. It was the 60s. Mm-hmm. But color costs a lot more money. Yeah. So they went the cheaper route. And you got, you know, the does not compute line and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really important show for you know, seeing the evolution of television. Yeah. And I think it kind of went into, you know, I feel like there were stereotypes because of the, she's supposed to just uh, be a woman who does what she's told and mm-hmm. she's a robot. So of course that, but they were almost like, yeah, but she's still a woman and that's what women should do. Um, just cause it was early on enough that that seemed to be still a prevalent deal. So um it's to me, I guess, I it's almost like she's groundbreaking because she kind of fought that even as a robot who would do what exactly. you Yeah. Yeah. She started to grow out of that where she was like, I'm not just going to do what he says anymore. I'm actually getting yeah. some autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like I would have liked to see more of that show. You know? Yeah, maybe. And it's almost symbolism that she's also like, you know, what's his name? Peter's so in love with her. And she's just mm-hmm. very like, well, okay, let's just go do this. Cause da-da. like most girls would be so like, Oh, how you think, you know, like fall in love with this random, dude. you know, and it's almost a little bit like a symbolic thing. Cause she's a robot, but she's also like, okay, whatever. Do you just want to go out? Okay. We can go out as friends. Okay, fine. Great. The end. There's the episode where Peter's trying to date one of the ladies from the building. She's mm-hmm. like the lady who does um, the mail delivery or whatever mm. and they go out on a date and so bob tells him you know he's got to be assertive and whatever so he won't let her order any food and he's like oh, no i'm gonna order and he's all ordering for her and he orders like <laughs> oysters and stuff and she's like i can't eat fish and then he orders again and he's all assertive and then finally she's like yeah i don't want to go out with you i don't like you at all. <laughs> i was like Good so that was, i mean these episodes don't include the last five episodes that where Peter is the one with Rhoda. So he's yeah. the one now because um, the show had poor ratings. So that's why Bob Cummings asked to leave mm-hmm. on the 21st episode because he didn't want to be part of that show anymore. Yeah. Um, so Bob is sent to Pakistan. I don't know what's going on in Pakistan in 1965. That's the place to be, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they even, show, they even show Dr. Miller in the beginning in Pakistan. Like, he's talking to him on the phone. and He was, like, on Gilligan's Island. He was in a hut <laughs> on a coconut phone. I swear to God. He yeah. was, like, seriously was, like, in... You know, Ned. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I read this. I read the synopsis of the last couple episodes, and I I'm assuming that Bob told Peter 
at the end, she's a robot. You need to take care of her. It says he learns that her secret and takes over the position of watching her. Right. Okay. So I would have liked to see that. I I would have watched a show where it was Rhoda trying to help Peter get a woman. I would have watched that. Oh, yeah. That would have been good. Like, cause even, be oh, this is a robot because, you know, granted, they're not going to be super risque. It's the 60s. But I was, <laughs> you know, what if he like learned she was the robot and then was like, okay, but we could still have a relationship. I mean, it's not nowadays where somehow that would work out because they'd figure out how to do that. Yeah. But in the 60s, they're probably not. I mean, yeah, I'm not really sure if that works. Like, I think this is another is one that could be rebooted on A&E. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, we're already talking about how we're going to do reboots of shows. I mean, yes, I could be the robot because... I'll be the doctor. Know, I'm statuesque, apparently. Yes. Um, but yeah. Okay, I'll be the doctor. And then you wander into my office. You could. And, see, and then robot. we can do the whole, like, who do we tell thing. See, we already talked about that on the show. We could say, oh, who, do, who would we tell? Because I'd be your, like, your project. You'll have to live in my house, and I can't tell my husband that you're a robot. True. He'd just be like, so this girl's just going to stay here? And we'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Or you'd be like that. And I would be like, yes, I'm staying here. Yeah. Does not compute. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why is she always laying down with a towel on her face? <laughs> Also, uh, that, okay, that's one part I don't understand. Like, he can shut her down by pushing the mole on her back, but he can right. also shut her down by putting a towel over her eyes. So then she's in the room oh, yeah. napping yeah. while he's on a date in the living room, and the dog comes in and takes the towel off her eyes, and she wakes up. Yeah, that happened the same thing. Irene did the same thing, went in and took a towel off her eyes, and then yeah. all of a sudden she's awake, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you just turn her all the way off why did you just put her in sleep mode that's stupid (laughs) i totally forgot about that think forward are we the only ones who think ahead like i think we are you and i would not do that we'll have the most literal tv show ever when we do a reading (laughs) we'll become the actors we'll be like that couldn't happen there's no willing suspension of disbelief there's just nothing there you have to be (laughs) we're smarter than that robot is fine but this is stupid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome oh i can't wait i can't wait to have our show i know we need to, i think we need oh. some more viewer suggestions on shows that we should do i mean we kind of have a premise but it's gone all over the place because now apparently we have to add in a robot element but you know besides us oh, being yeah. twins and detectives mm-hmm. and um going to we've talked about going to old you know tv show homes and solving mysteries and then the show, the mm-hmm. show, show up. That's part of our TV show that we're going to do. I love this. Okay, let's um, let's ask our listeners to come up with a synopsis of a show that they yes. think we should star in. Yes, 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 yes. You can email it to us at ttangents at gmail dot com. Or you can send it to us on the Facebook or the Instagram or the Twitter. Twitter. Tell us and we'll read it on the show and we want to know. Because one of these days, MeTV is going to contact us and um, say, ladies, uh, we have to have you and you're going to have to do a show. (laughs) So we'll have to have our thing ready to go by then. Yes. 
pitch. Oh, Even if they're going to come to us, but we'll have to have our pitch still. Right. And we'll be like, listener, so-and-so told us that we definitely need to have this. Yes. Speaking of which, do we have time for a listener mail? Yes. Do you have anything that. more to say about my living doll? I really don't. I think we covered it all. Um, best part, of course, Julie Newbar. So that's... And you're right. I wish there you, we, could see the, the, yeah, we could see the missing episodes, but it's, it's, a, it's all good. I'm glad we watched it. It was good stuff. It's quirky, just like I like. Yeah. Okay. So I have some listener mail that I want to read. Okay. Um, this was sent to me over a month ago. So, um, sorry. Uh, this is from Maria. Uh, she's the listener of the show and you're going to love Maria. Hi, Maria. She says, I was just listening to your friend's party episode. I just listened to that the other day. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a great time was had by all. I just wanted to share a friend's story with you. Um, Back in 2001, I was working over at Warner Brothers. Oh, this is Maria, who who lives in L.A. I forgot. Oh, my goodness. After 9-11, the audience members to all Warner Brothers shows filmed on the lot. Oh, sorry. The audience members were only employees for security purposes. So it was after 9-11 for a short period. Okay. They couldn't have outside guests or audience members. Yeah. Okay. Following. Um, so we had the opportunities to see a friend's taping. Um, I have to say the two actors we fell in love with were Jennifer Aniston, who is amazingly talented and very kind. She didn't need to do more than one take. Uh. And the others, as you might have guessed, was Matthew Perry. He was not only a brilliant actor, but a delight. You couldn't tell where Matthew stopped and Chandler began. When they cut, he would start chatting with the audience He was funny, goofy, and all-around adorable. Uh, The best part of the show was towards the end of the night, and it was a long night when Matthew decided he was going to play the dating game with the audience. (gasps) Long story short, after a half hour of hilarious probing questions to the audience, he says, wait a minute, and calls over one of the gaffers and tells the lady, sitting way up there is for you. I think she might have been studying film as well. It was adorable. I don't remember the exact exchange since it was years ago, but I do remember Matthew going to the set and grabbing a bouquet of flowers off the table and handing it to the gaffer to take to the lady in the bleachers. It was beautiful and hilarious at the same time. The audience, as you would imagine, went out of their minds. The applause lasted 35 minutes. It was magic. In my mind, those two lovely people who were brought together by Matthew Perry maybe got married and named their firstborn son Matthew and, of course, the children that followed after all the friends' characters. Uh Oh, Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, hugs from L.A., Maria. Oh, my gosh. Hugs to you, Maria. That's amazing. That's the best story ever. I love Matthew Perry so much, and I 100% believe that that is true because he seems like Chandler. Like he just seems like he'd be the guy we should be hanging out with. <laughs> she says, Oh, PS. I don't remember which episode it was, but I think John Penn was there as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> John Penn. Oh yeah. When he plays Ursula stalker, right? Did he? Yeah. I thought that's that was, um, and that's the Halloween episode. 
Who was Courtney? Not Cox's the stalker. Husband, I'm David. sorry. Not not her stalker. Her actual boyfriend. And then he like then he falls oh, for right. Phoebe though. Like that's why that confused okay, me. Gotcha, the stalker. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You're right. That's David Arquette was the stalker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, Sean Penn was that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when like Ursula was a big liar. She's like a teacher and all. <laughs> that was a good time. Oh, that's such a good friend oh, story. Yay. I love to hear listener stories, and that's great. Maria always has good stuff for us. Love it. Well, I don't know how long we're going to be in this quarantine thing, but um, we'll continue to keep making episodes as long of as course. we hopefully, have. Some. Hopefully, this sounds okay to y'all when you hear it because we know our, well, our executive producer, AKA Rebecca's husband, is. Uh, <laughs> huge on the quality of sound and he's allowed to be because he's a musician so we understand um so hopefully this is okay we're like i said we're in two different places and we're doing this over a computer so hopefully it still works out and you can listen to our lovely podcast you can communicate with us on the facebook and please join our private facebook page because i mean our private facebook group where you can chat about pop culture and stuff like that and yeah we can't wait to see you there so we can have conversations about all the things that are fun about TV. All right. Well, it's good to see your face, Natalie. Yours too, baby. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Okay. We're going to wrap it up. My living dog. Does not compute. Does not compute. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and also subscribe so you won't miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love to hear from our listeners. For additional content, check us out at patreon.com slash tvtangents.